0: Now, to show our gratitude, we're not going to be like the other guys and jerk you around and bullshit you. We're going to tell you the truth.
1: Shane Douglas is the man who ignites the new flame of the sport of professional wrestling. The era of the franchise. The era... Of the E.C. Double. Oh, me close, don't let me go. More than work. Oh, my God! I ever needed you to show.
2: This is the Queen of Extreme Freight scene.
1: And the franchise Shane Douglas. Well, you want the lowdown on professional wrestling? Get it right here at this podcast Extreme Three Way Dance. <laughs> it's the most wonderful time of the year. With the kids jingle-belling and everyone telling you be of good cheer. It's the most wonderful time of the year.
3: It's the happiest season. Of all. News Talk Connection Podcast Network listeners, welcome to the most extreme menage of 12 violence you'll ever experience here on the ECW Extreme Through A Dance podcast. And as always, myself, Maddie, Jenny are here to take you through the history of ECW and. Friends, we are about to wrap up yet another calendar year here tonight on episode 68. How are you guys feeling?
2: Well, I'm struggling a little bit, if I'm being honest. mm mm-hmm. uh, I just saw uh, Maurice in a uh, beautiful dress on an episode of Raw, and it has made mm-hmm. me just um, totally realize how disgusting I am as a human being, <laughs> and uh, completely inferior. So, you know, just dealing with that.
0: mm she was extremely good looking.
2: Right? It's like what? It's like why do I even try? Like, <laughs> like that exists? <laughs> like what?
3: I would say it's more like this. She's the outlier, though, and not you. Yeah.
2: I know, but still, it's. I don't know. It's demoralizing. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, look. You know, it's like me playing basketball. Like I'm in like the bottom ninetieth percentile in the world. Mm-hmm. You know. <laughs> And, you know, Kevin Durant is in the top 1%. I don't get demoralized watching him play. I know my role. No, no. <laughs> I, know the, I know where I rank compared to Kevin Durant. So people are just in the top 1%. And well, Maurice, look, you, 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 did be the top, you did recover faster
0: from an Achilles injury than he did. So there is that. See? I did. And uh, I think it was me
3: and Cam Akers were the quickest back in history. But, um, but, but you know, Maurice is in the top 1% of, like, women right. in the world. So yeah. it's okay. Mm-hmm.
2: It's fine. It's fine. It's totally fine. You'll be okay. I bet she's never seen every episode of ECW Hardcore TV.
3: <laughs> See? There you go. You don't think they hey, check them out? <laughs> no way.
2: <laughs>
3: you don't think they're watching them on a Monday at 8am? I don't think
2: so. Not with all those kids.
3: Uh, Ms. Mm, isn't extreme Miz. enough. He has to leave the room. It's a whole thing. It's true. Yeah. Well, listen. We are extreme. and We're here to wrap up. 1996 and begin 1997 on our podcast journey uh it's crazy matt like you know thinking back 1996 when we started it you weren't even on the show right <laughs> like, you know so much has changed for us peacock didn't exist as the home of wrestling uh it was still w network when we started in 1996 so it's it's been quick but it's been a while all in the same you know mm-hmm. but, but it's exciting to be here Oh, for sure. Uh, we're getting
0: into 97, which is a massive year for ECW. I've said that before, and uh, looking forward to mm-hmm. diving
3: into it for sure. What are your thoughts, Jenny, wrapping up another year?
2: Um, I'm a little scared because you guys have alluded to a lot of changes that are coming our way. And as we know, I get pretty attached to this sort of thing, and I don't know that I'm ready for that stuff yet. But th- – it is sort of fascinating to watch the promotion evolve as I have. So I am hopeful about the next evolution of the show.
3: Yeah, I think we're still going to retain retain the heart and soul of ECW as we know it. I, I feel like the bigger changes – it's a lot of growth and change here. I feel like the bigger mm-hmm. changes matter more like like 98 when they start yeah. to get a little more polished. Yep, mm-hmm. yeah. Into 98, 99. I, I think for now, yeah. yeah. I think 97, we're still pretty gritty and like mm-hmm. underground feeling. It's I think we still get a little bit of time. Yep. It, more later in the year when we start to see a little bit more attrition pop up as well. Like that's when more of it happens. But mm-hmm. I think for now, at least the first half of 97, we're, we're going to still have some. We're not going to lose that love and feeling quite yet. Okay, good. Mm. To quote a song in a movie that just had another movie come out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Really good movie. Mhm. Uh, all right, why don't we go ahead and dive in then, as we start to move to the end of '96. We're going to open with the December 10th, 1996 episode of ECW Hardcore Television. We open with a quick highlight from December 7th at the ECW Arena, it would have been my 16th birthday, a big occasion, nice. where Raven defeated Sandman in a barbed wire match to win back the ECW title. Hmm. Uh, we get our opening animation. Joey Styles in the nest confirms it's true. We have a new champion in Raven. He's now a two-time champion. Joey walks us through the history of the ECW title, all the changes since it was created by Shane Douglas in August of 1994. We didn't get stills from Saturday of the barbed wire battle. Lori and Tyler Fullington were ringside, but they got escorted out and had to pass by Sandman. And Joey believes that was a plan by Raven to make Sandman have to see them. Uh, the match was a bloody war with Raven. And uh, after he won through uh, going through a table with DDT to begin his title were you guys surprised to open to raven winning the title back Mm -hmm. Uh, and did it make you think did it make you think that sandman's win really only occurred because um of raven going to rehab right like i'm guessing Mm -hmm. they wanted to Mm -hmm. keep raven as like an unbeatable champion until he finally loses Mm -hmm. and this was just a plan because i would think they probably didn't know how long raven was going to be out i think if they knew he'd be back this quick they might have kept it on him Mm-hmm. Um, and just said he was off wherever. But I'm guessing that it was open-ended, and they figured, okay, well, we better play it safe.
2: It's the yeah. only thing that makes sense.
3: Yeah,
0: you. Oh, right. I think you hit the nail on the head. I mean, Sandman was champion for, what, all of five weeks? So, I mean, I, I think that that makes perfect sense to me that, yeah, uh, Raven only lost it because he had to go away for a bit, and they didn't know. They, they didn't know if Raven was going to be out for six weeks or six months, so they got to cover their ass. Oh, right. So
2: i don't i do sort of hate that we don't get to actually see it the match Mm -hmm. the win Mm -mm. um we get it in these flashbacks i don't know we're a little spoiled with what we've been able to see thus far so i don't like especially because that match looked really good Mm -hmm. like my type of thing so um i hate i don't get to see it but
3: it's probably out there somewhere Um, yeah I, i would imagine yeah but down. in our journey, sadly, we're living off eclipse. clips. Right. First match of the night features Devon Dudley and his buddy Axel Rotten taking on the gangsters. Devon's in the ring with Axel ranting about staying out of his business, but he's cut off by the Blue World Order theme as the mm-hmm. insiders head out. Hollywood Nova lead, leads out Big Stevie Cool, the Blue Guy, and a new member who's a scrunny guy in a leather coat with long hair and a video camera. Joey says he looks familiar and says maybe he's three and a half. Of course, that's <laughs> a joke on six. Is uh, half a six. Uh, Joey says the BWO shirts are the fastest selling shirts in America. And uh, Matt, correct me if I'm wrong, but I leave, I believe three and a half is a uh, good old Rob <laughs> Feinstein. Correct. Oh God. Is it really? I didn't know that. <laughs> I believe it is. Oh, pretty God. sure. He ends up getting a new name. Uh, three and a half does not hold. Um, but I'm pretty sure it's uh, uh, old Uncle Rob. Uh, oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> nice. Back. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's him. Because he was doing the ECW videos, right? Remember, right. they've referenced yep. him a few times.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. Um,
3: yeah, it's him. It's Feinstein. So uh, there you go. Probably not the best place to expose a guy like that. But nope, here we nope. are anyway. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Joey says Extreme Bingo Night was advertised by their friends at Atlanta on national TV, and he thanks them for it. So that must have been a dig, I'm guessing, somewhere on uh, television. <laughs> the blue guy holds up a bingo card as a, as a gag there. Uh, we get some NWO-style camera work, kind of cutting into 35 camera, black and white. Stevie, which is just a great... Uh, just a great dig. He calls Axel Ian, uh, which is really funny. Uh, and Axel just gives him like a glare. Stevie says Axel is even fatter than Blue Meanie. Uh, and then Dudley attacks, and we're off. Axel and Devon are all over Stevie and Nova, but then the gangsters come out for our actual match. The uh, usual gangsters plunder war here as things are spilling out from the ring immediately. Jack and Dudley end up on the stage where Jack pile drives them. Back in the ring, Axel's already bleeding as he mounts a quick comeback of Mustafa using a chair and a sign. Jack scales the nest, dives off, and puts a sliced up Divon through a table with a splash and a great looking spot. Axel pedigrees Mustafa, but Stevie breaks it up with a Stevie kick. We clip ahead to the gangsters finishing Axel with a new Jack chair off the top. Jack then puts on a BWO shirt to celebrate and wraps us up so this is pretty standard not much to it just a couple bumps the gangsters are rolling Dudley and Rotten are kind of sputtering like I think we're due for something new with these guys at least Dudley for sure uh and the BWO just kind of keep interfering and stuff to get over their NWO vibes that they'll pop up anywhere uh, at any time Jenny so I went a star and a half on this just it was pretty standard ECW stuff
2: yeah I mean it's fun um but like you said pretty standard and um, I went two stars, mainly for the bumps, like you said. Uh, that table one was pretty sick. Um, uh, why did he put on the shirt at the end? Uh, uh
0: Because he's New Jack and he can do whatever the hell he wants, would, be, would, would be my guess. I'm, I'm not going to tell him no. Okay, <laughs> so, good
1: answer.
3: I think that they was, were trying to – I think they were probably just trying to legitimize it a little bit and being like – they're slowly, clearly trying to make the BWO like a face act, I think. So mm-hmm. by having New Jack almost kind <clears> of, <throat> or like that it's a cool thing to do. Like, mm-hmm. you know, the NWO shirt was super cool at this point. I think they're trying to make the BWO shirt like that right. too. Like everyone wants to throw it on because it's like a cool piece of merch.
2: Uh, we'll see over these uh, episodes that we're doing here tonight that I think it works.
3: Because <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: uh, slowly throughout the crowd, you will start to see a ton of BWO shirts.
0: Yeah, uh, not much more to add for this match. It was every gangster's match we've seen over the past couple of months. So I went a, a star and a half on it, it's basically uh, mm-hmm. so, solely for the new Jack uh, splash off the nest uh, into Devon. Uh, uh, that becomes a common thing for New Jack. He's gonna jump off of a lot mm-hmm. of tall mm-hmm. things. So uh, was was this the first one? I mean, it's it's probably
3: like the most. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think we've really seen like that level yet out of him. Mm-hmm. So, but you're right. right. There's definitely more to come. Yeah. This because like, <laughs> maybe, maybe we'll start calling it the maybe we'll start calling it the new Jack swing. There you go.
0: I like it. But uh, it, yeah. Uh, standard gangsters plunder brawl here. So and a have for me.
3: Shane Douglas and Francine are out uh in their house in front of a Christmas tree. I guess oh, they live what? together. I'm not sure. it's not really <laughs> established, but <laughs> tend to do in our in our oh, universe. They do. Yeah. Uh, Shane says, Gary Wolf gave him a great gift, being the first building block on his ECW legacy. Gary's sitting at home with tears in his eyes because he can't get in the ring. The injury took him away from the sport he loves. But Gary has lots to be thankful for sitting around the tree because he has his memories. And Shane can't even give him that. Francine then kisses Shane and says, he's such a man. And Shane says, I got your girl to Gary. So pretty much in line with all the other Shane and Francine stuff, but uh, really good as always. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, That was a very nice Christmas
0: tree they were standing in front of. I'll say Mm -hmm. that. And, uh, yeah, uh, Shane being a douchebag, as per usual, uh, saying, all (laughs) he should be thankful all he has is his memories. Uh, What a line. (laughs) Good God, what an Mm -hmm.
2: asshole. (laughs) That was a really good promo. Um, Shane, I guess he's kind of splurging over the holidays. He looks a little bloated, I think. Or maybe the camera's just real tight on him. I don't know, but... Um, I mean, he's been in really good shape so far, so I will be keeping right. an eye on, on that. Shane. Um, but yeah, that Christmas tree topper, it was like, it was the real cheap one, like with the multicolored lights and a star mm-hmm. pattern. I literally grew up with that damn thing. <laughs> like, uh, for like 10 years, we had that thing. I popped really hard for that Christmas tree topper.
3: Joel Gertner's backstage, is bragging himself up until the BWO interrupt him. They mock his hairy chests and they bullshit a bit. Stevie says they need an announcer for the BWO, and they compare Gertner to Eric Bischoff, which uh, Joel is not impressed about. They debate saying bish versus bitch, and Gertner kind of talks some shit on Bischoff. He says he's trying to be like Joel Gertner, and then they debate saying farce versus farts, and Gertner just leaves. <laughs> and says they can have a segment if they want it. So. Oh, this is funny, but kind of aimless.
2: <laughs> did you farce i didn't farce <laughs> uh
0: gertner calling himself nature's bountiful masterpiece was yeah. quite something yeah. and then uh, stevie pointing to gertner's chest and asking if that was bearskin destroyed <laughs> <him> just <laughs> fucking killed me
3: listen i'm gonna have to put one of you on um i i can't capture all this and gertner's stuff so one of you has to get on gertner duty of getting his uh it's his, his, what he calls himself and others you wrote yeah. him down
2: i wrote i i did mostly his quotes this time all
3: right what are they go ahead let's have them. no
2: uh that or was for later one. you mean yeah okay. yeah for later
3: okay okay rob van dam is backstage says he has nothing but respect for taz man to man when this is over taz will have to respect rvd joey's in the nest takes us back to november to remember when taz and sabu finally came to blows but Rob Van Dam saved his partner and ended up getting choked out. RVD and Taz had a showdown in Downington, Pennsylvania, and next week they will face off one-on-one in the rain. Taz and Fonzie backstage issue a warning to RVD, says he's in the wrong place at the wrong time with the wrong man. Joey's in the nest. In comes Chris Candido. He seems to have a cold and some chills. He uses Joey's handkerchief, which is funny, <laughs> and says uh, this is all because of Kerwin's sylphitis. Syl- 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 uh, which is, I think of like, Kerwin Silvy is the WWE, but he says Silva, Oh no, he says Kerwin sulfatitis. uh <laughs> It's just cold, but a jab at Kerwin Silvy is the director for WWF is that he can't wrestle, so his match got canceled. He promises the fans he'll be here next time though at the Holiday Hell Tour. Candido asks Joey if he can be an analyst for his next match as these teams with both guys in the past. Joey obliges, but Candido's just hacking all over him. So. Uh, besides but- butchering that uh, disease, any uh, comments <laughs> here, you guys, on this few okay. segments up until our match?
2: Uh, I- I'm still trying to get a read on this guy. Uh, mm-hmm. I can't tell if he's just gonna be goofy guy the whole time,
1: mm-hmm.
2: or yeah. this is like a ruse. Uh, I mean, I've seen him wrestle and he's pretty sharp, you know. I don't. He he doesn't wrestle like a comedy, <laughs> but then all his promos and shit are like this, so. I don't know. I'm a little bit lost on him as a character, Matt.
0: Yeah, uh, I thought Joey was great during this, just cringing and ducking every time Candido was hacking up a <laughs> lung. I, I thought it was fantastic. But yeah, you're kind of right. It does kind of feel like they're not sure which way they want to go with Candido because he can do the comedy thing, but he's also a great wrestler. So mm-hmm. like they kind of got to pick which way they want to go and they haven't really done that yet. So we'll see where it goes.
3: He just talks so freaking fast and all over the place. Yes. <laughs> I keep up with.
2: Just so touchy on Joey, too. like. Yeah, yeah. And it is funny. You know, I mean, I enjoyed it, but.
3: Looks like a guy that should be named Corey. Or Bigelow. <laughs> Either way. <laughs> All right. Our next match is Louis Spicoli taking on Bulldozer Brian Lee. Candido puts over a great shape Lee is in as he storms out. And he's right, actually. Yeah. <laughs> he looks really good. Uh, Louie has been a red hot here in ECW. Joey talks up his recent successes. And this could be a sneaky, fun one. Lee is from Orlando and Joey mocks the city says, no tough wrestlers are ever wrestling there. And of course, another <laughs> shot at WCW. They must've really, it must've been, I don't remember anything. Well, I guess we haven't gotten to these nitros yet here. So maybe it's on nitro or on TBS or something because they're like extra heightened tonight on this episode, yeah. taking shots at WCW and that reference to the bingo hall thing. So they must've said something that really pissed off payment right. or whatever um, on TV. Um, so that, because I feel like they're really coming in hot on this episode. Yeah. <laughs> Uh Candido is shocked. Uh I'm sorry, Lee is all over Louis to start with some heavy strikes, a quick straight leg drop attack. Louis steps up to him, and lands a shot, throws the ref, but Lee loads his fist and slugs him in the eye. Candido's shocked about what's allowed in ECW, and I actually thought his chemistry with Joey pretty good during this match. Lee keeps pushing, punching away, Louie's bleeding, Lee slings Louie outside and then heads up top but stops and climbs back down. Candido shits on the fans rooting for garbage as Lee resets Louie against the railing, he goes up top, loads his fist again, leaps off and slams into Louie with his fist. Lee drives Louis into the crowd and batters him with a chair toward the merch table, which gets destroyed. Candido says he's not, he's not happy. He doesn't have the merch of his own. He wants a picture of Tammy and then riffs on Tiny Tim and Uncle Elmer's wedding. He's just all over the place. <laughs> Louis starts to battle back as they move to the ring. Lee rams Louis into a giant pole and then throws the chair at him as Candido steals Joey's Oh My God. <laughs> Lee heads back to ringside as Louie's basically wrestling with one eye here. Lee comes off the middle rope, but Louie throws a chair in his face on the way down rallies with strikes and a big slam. Lee goes to the eye again. Louie's able to hit the death Valley driver on the ref as he's blinded. Lee comes at him, but Louie blocks. And now he hits the DVD on him, but the ref is still out. In comes Chris Candido. He jabs Louie in the eye and hammers away. Shane Douglas comes out and puts on a referee shirt. Louis hits Candido with the DVD and hits another one on Lee as well. And Shane counts to fall. And I should say Candido hits Louie with the DVD and then, uh, Anyway, the whole thing is confusing here. Shane counts the fall yes. laps. laughs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Louis celebrates. He's blind like he won. Yes, Louis had the DVDs, but Shane counted. Uh, he wants his hand raised, but then he realizes the ref was Shane and they start to throw down. Lee comes in, hits the primetime slam on Louis, and Douglas counts that fall, and then all three beat the shit out of Louis until Pitbull 2 comes out and makes a save, but he gets swarmed over as well. Lee ends up choke slamming Pitbull 2 over the top through a table, and all three celebrate in the ring. Uh, it was a pretty good match. It was hard hitting. had a pretty fun flow. The bloody eye stuff was really good, too. It played right mm-hmm. into the story. Uh, Candido was awesome on commentary. I thought the post match was good. It's really looking now like we have a new he- heel stable on deck uh, with Douglas, Candido, and Lee. It's a good use of Candido here. I think to put him with let him be kind of the annoying little rat who can work his ass off in the ring for Douglas and Lee be the big bodyguard. So I thought it was a pretty good pairing. Uh, I does Spicoli look great, too, standing tall. Uh, hitting anyone he could until he finally gave out. So I, this is a really fun match and post-match, Matt. I went two and three quarters.
0: Yeah, I, I enjoyed this a lot too. Uh, two and a half for me. Uh, wasn't necessarily expecting blood in this match, but it added to it, so I thought that was really good. Uh, I, I thought the finish was maybe a little bit too cute for its own good. Like you said, it got a little uh, confusing just trying to keep up with what the fuck was going on. But right, I, right. I, I think it, it did end up working overall, given that you have a new heel stable here. Uh, Pitbull too, with the choke, getting choke slammed every time he gets chokeslam through a table like I feel like he's going to die or break his back or something like it always looks like it's just the fucking worst bump someone has to mm-hmm. take it's just brutal looking but uh yeah a uh, solid match here I think with a with a better or maybe a more concise finish I would have gone a bit higher but uh two and a half for me as is Jenny
2: yeah I kind of like the fuckery at the end though um and it makes sense to me now as putting candy though like you said with these guys it's it's an interesting mix of the three Mm -hmm. um because brian lee is like really good in this match (laughs) Mm -hmm. um and so is louis um pretty great chemistry just automatically i was i was very surprised um and Louis's acting was really good in the match too. I thought with the blood and and the ref thing and oh, when he notices uh, that the ref is actually Shane.
1: He, wipes <laughs> mm.
2: his eyes. Uh, he was really good. Um, the suplex of the merch table was sick. Um, I don't know. I just really enjoyed the entire thing and I did uh, two and three quarters as well.
3: All right. Let's roll on. Joey's back in the nest. He wraps us up. Raven is sitting with his title. He's all bandaged up, and Joey sits to talk to him. Raven talks about regaining his title just like he's accomplished everything else in his life on his own. He says his absence was because he was in rehab for the fifth time in seven years. And Todd Gordon and Paul Heyman saw a chance to get the belt off him and back on their People's Champion by using Stevie Richards. He got title shots on his return because they knew it would be big box office. But they never thought Raven would win because they figured he had nothing left. But Raven has plenty left, and no one on the planet could beat him not even the legend there's only one man that could be raven and that man has tried since he was a child but was never able to do it and that is himself so i thought it was a great promo uh we then end the show with video highlights of the raven Sandman match from december 7 uh jenny would you think this uh, raven promo to wrap us up
2: oh my god it was so emo i fucking love it <laughs> um his face is all taped up he's all got his hoodie on and um it's it we've seen like we've i think that we thought we knew like what depressed raven was like Mm
1: -hmm. like
2: you know i think Mm -hmm. he's really about to discover how depressed he can get like this seems like he's surprised by how much this hurts like even himself he didn't know he could get any lower you know what i mean um it was fantastic and i love how joey just sort of crawls away (laughs) at the end and uh go to the videos but it was it was excellent matt
0: yeah uh more great stuff from uh raven uh emo was the exact note that i made so that was pretty that was pretty good i mean uh, yeah we we've seen melancholy raven before but my god like uh, you know uh, maybe be a little bit happier you're the world champion again man my goodness but uh yeah i, I thought it was interesting that they actually acknowledged that he went to rehab so yeah. I Uh, I know I wonder if they're maybe going to play on that in the future, maybe use it in the storyline or whatever. So I I thought that was uh, that was pretty interesting. But, yeah, I mean, we've said it ad nauseum on this podcast. Raven's an incredible promo. And this was this was another one. So uh, maybe uh, maybe a new uh, high or low, depending on your point of view, in emo-ness for Raven. But, uh, yeah, just uh, great stuff here.
2: Also, I noticed his tongue ring a lot in this promo.
3: Mm. And how do you feel about that?
2: uh it's pretty hot i guess especially during the time but i i don't i mean i guess the the camera is working real tight i feel like on this mm-hmm. episode everybody is like really close up
0: can see his
3: adenoids in the background <laughs> basically <laughs> all right let's hit our uh, awards here to wrap up this episode best match pretty easily uh lee and spicoli yep yep Worst match, the tag with the gangsters.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, best moment, I went... It was kind of a light episode of Moments. I went with Gertner with the BWO. That was funny, with the shots of Bischoff. Yep. That was mm, all right. What did
2: I have for this? Oh, no, I liked uh, the Shane and Francine Christmas tree promo.
3: Yeah, that was good. Most 90s... I went with Shane's tree. It was a very 90s tree. It was. Like you said, Jenna, you had the topper there and all that, so...
2: I like the Candido track suit, wind suit yeah.
0: thing. That mm-hmm. I, was I mean, n- now that I've learned, I feel like I have to go with
3: Rob Feinstein now. <laughs> there you go. It's also right. <laughs> We're in 90s and very uh, 10 to 20, which is... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, stock rising, Raven, BWO, Candido, Spicoli is what I noted here. Lee. Yeah, Lee. He's looking good. And Gertner. I'd add Gertner. He's fucking yeah. entertaining. Every time, every mm-hmm. week. Uh, stock down, I went with Dudley and Ron. They feel like they're really spinning their wheels. Mm-hmm. And, uh, final grade, I, this is, this is an okay episode. I went six out of 10. I mean, didn't have too many big happenings. Like we do get the announcement of Raven winning, I guess, which is a big deal. Uh, but we don't, we don't see the match like you mentioned Jenny earlier. So it just, it feels like a little bit, maybe we're hitting like the holiday holding mm-hmm. pattern here, but uh, I mean, they do usually do a big deal out of the holiday hell tour, so it's not like they completely pack it in in December. Uh, but this definitely felt like a little, little bit of a lacking episode compared to what we usually get. So I went six out of
2: ten. Yeah, I had real mixed feelings on it too. Like. Uh, it was very disappointing not to see more. Cause at the end during that highlight thing, they show you more of the barbed wire. Like, why not just show us the fucking match, y'all? Showed us some stuff at the beginning and mm-hmm. the end. Right. Just right. show the match on t- That's what y'all usually do. I've sat through so many episodes watching <laughs> plays of shows that I've already seen, and now they stop doing that on TV. I guess. Anyway, um, i I was a little bit more disappointed, so I'm gonna do five and a half.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I went five and a half on it too. Uh, I mean, it was still technically fine, but I mean, compared to some of the other stuff we've watched, yeah, it's definitely like a five and a half might as well be a two <laughs> in my right. book, the way things go around here. So. Okay.
3: All right, let's head uh, fast forward to week two, December 17th, 1996. Joel Gertner's backstage. He walks us through Raven's win over Sandman. There's only he can do. He brags on predicting this would happen. And then shits on Lance Wright, calls him a wannabe (laughs) Saturday morning superstar. Uh, Classic Gertner here again as well. I guess Lance Wright, I think this is during his very brief WDF run, uh, which I don't believe lasts very long. But apparently they're taking shots at their old buddy Lance. Jenny, do you know any additional uh, Gertnerisms in this?
2: So he did the whole... (laughs) Right, wrong, right, <laughs> wrong. <laughs> kept doing it. And then then my next note was jealous, crazy, my Lord.
3: <laughs> Hes out of his mind.
2: It's, it's, he just entertains his own self. Mm, like right. he doesn't care if he sounds insane or not. Yep. apparently.
3: Are we got our opening animation then Joey's in the nest. He hypes up the holiday hell tour and says it's not the same one that O f is hyping and uh, then he makes a joke about Todd Petgill plugging a tour about hell. He says, the most extreme thing Todd's ever done is passed a kidney stone on the radio, and that was the highlight of his announcing career. God, they are pissed at everyone right now. Poor, poor Todd. Poor I don't Todd. know what Todd did to them. That was literally my note. Poor Todd. What the hell happened? What did, they well, do? Don't what what did he, do? he do? Nothing. I'm sure he did nothing to ECW. <laughs> he, he existed in WWF. That was the problem. Yeah, well, I'll defend Todd to the grave. I will not stand for the what slander. I do. <laughs> Joey helps up our night ahead, and we open with a big mixed tag match as Tommy Dreamer and Beulah McGillicuddy take on Shane Douglas and Francine. This one's been on our radar for a while. We finally get it to close the year. Douglas and Francine have such perfect swagger. A lot of hate. Joey says Francine and Beulah haven't faced off in the ring since August of 1995. Shane grabs the mic and demands a championship-worthy intro for both of them. Joey says Shane is obnoxious, like fingernails on a chalkboard, which is a great dig at Dean Douglas. So just, again, just completely on fire right now with these digs. Tommy and Bula stalk out and we are ready to go. Shane shits on Terry Funk and the fans get Tommy riled up. Tommy tells him to shut the fuck up and calls Francina a slut that Bula will kick the shit out of. Shane attacks her behind and pelts Tommy with a great drop kick. Shane knocks Tommy outside and his knee slams into the guardrail as he's already hobbled. Tommy drags himself back in but Shane's all over him, throws him back to the floor and follows with a dive. Shane batters Tommy with a chair. After a break, Shane is still dominating using the chair to bash Tommy in the knee. Francine tags in and lands a couple of shots on the knee, but Tommy grabs her by the vagina to a big pop. (laughs) Francine smacks Tommy in the face, but he's fired up. He's running through Shane. Francine jumps on Tommy's back, and that allows Shane to recover and pile drive him. Shane heads up top, but Beulah distracts him, and Tommy slams him off and gets a power slam for two. Tommy smashes a chair across Shane's ankle, gets two, and then really zeroes in on submissions and uses the chair. Tommy counters a single-arm DDT with a back suplex, follows the DDT for two. Tommy yanks Francine in the ring and tags Beulah to a big pop and we get a classic cat fight. They're rolling around to ECW chants. Tommy pulls up Francine and loads a piledriver but Shane makes a save. Shane goes for the figure four but Tommy powers out, throws Shane into Francine who flies off the apron into the railing. Shane kicks out the knee and goes back to the figure four again. Shane releases is distracted by Beulah. Tommy gets a roll up for two and then he grabs the figure four as Beulah talks shit. Francine comes in with a cookie sheet and blasts Beulah off the middle rope with a great shot tommy then releases the hold and pile drives francine to a big pop tommy scoops francine up and it's a backbreaker climbs up top and beulah stops him now she heads up and it's a moonsault which the crowd loves <laughs> tommy and beulah hit a big dueling pose but shane hits tommy and crushes beulah with a belly to belly and hooks her legs for the win uh, that's a pretty fun match It had some really cool spots down the stretch both women took it's a like big offense. Uh, Shane and Tommy have the usual effortless chemistry in there, and good heat on Shane as he keeps rolling along. So, genuine uh, three stars. I thought a really good match. Kind of paid off the build. Um, Tommy, as usual, takes the hard luck loss, but uh, everyone looked good in the in the meantime.
2: Yeah, I was very curious as to what you would say about the Vatronic grabbing <laughs> spot. Sorry. Keep it proper. There you mm-hmm. go. Mm-hmm. You didn't even mention Francine stripping, um, and which was real hot and that beulah looks like a boxer for whatever reason (laughs) um she went very conservative and uh, she had her knee pads on like she was like full out she was
3: ready to fight she Mm -hmm. was
2: i I, you know what that endeared her to me like i you know i really love sexy beulah but i like this beulah too um and there was a surprisingly a lot of wrestling for a match like this at a time like this because I sort of expected this to be bullshit mostly, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? But they actually wrestled like, and really well, the Beulah moonsault was amazing. And she, she set up for it. Like she made sure she was going to hit that spot and she damn sure did. It was really good. I really, really, really liked this match and I gave it three stars. Really cool vibe, Matt.
0: Yeah. This was fun stuff here. I'm a little bit lower than you guys. I went two and three quarter, but uh, still really fun stuff. Um, I thought Francine bumped her ass off in this she match. She
1: was
0: great. Good. The the uh, fall she took into the guardrail was disgusting. <laughs> like just the thud it made on TV was brutal. And then uh, the pile driver I thought was sick. The the cookie sheet shot like I'm sure she didn't get paid much because it was ECW, but I hope she got a little bit extra because good lord, she took a beating in this. Uh, Shane's belly to belly on Bu Be- on a uh, Beulah was. Also uh, quite brutal, but uh, yeah, it it was more rest. Like I I was kind of like you, Jenny. I was expecting more, you know, bullshit and whatnot, like Mm -hmm. all kinds of interference or something. And I was surprised they kept it. I mean, it was still a brawl, like there was chairs and whatnot. But I, I was expecting it to be more like all over the building type of mm-hmm. chaos and I, it was it was uh in a way kind of good that they didn't because you see so much of that on every ecw show i kind of like that they kept it relatively you know close to the
3: vest so uh, yeah uh, fun match for me here two and three quarter Shane and Francine backstage. They laugh about their big win. Francine's wearing a neck brace. Kind of ah! usual stuff from them. <laughs> Joel, it. Joel's in Hype Central. does a shtick. Jenny and the uh, Joel stuff here. Oh, did I write any Joel's? I don't think he did. I think it was quick. I think he just said we were wrong again. Oh, he said again. wrong
2: as usual. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
3: Joey's in the nest. He talks about Shane's actions since his return back at House Party 1996. He's turned ECW upside down as the year went on, including stealing Francine from the Pitbulls. At Heatwave, he took the TV title and broke the neck of Pitbull 1 Gary Wolf. Joey talks about how injuries happen, but Shane has made it obvious he's been out to injure and then spent weeks mocking Wolf. We go back to December 1993 to show the evolution of Dreamer Douglas, a feud that has spanned years. We then get a paid advertisement. By the blue world order who are sitting in an office plugging their merchandise including a tickle me meanie doll <laughs> nova does a great rabbit hogan impression by the way he's just all over the place yeah. mm-hmm. uh, stevie tries to push their t-shirt says they're one for 20 and then rat runs some math that says you could buy a million shirts and get one free you get generous uh, home run is always spoofing the nwo paid yep. ads and um tickle me elmo this was the year right here late 96 into early 97 was when that was like the huge fad uh so this is the playoff of that a few weeks later we'd get tickle me uh elmo and sunny or follow me elmo and sunny on the mm-hmm. shotgun sorry yep. night. Yep. that was after this so this is uh, this is the height of the tickle me elmos <laughs>
2: Nice. did y'all have one no no i did not.
3: I did not. A little old for that at
2: that point well, well, old. did yeah. you have a tickle me meanie though
3: i wish
0: I, I mean, right. I, I feel like anybody who buys a Tickle Me Meanie doll ends up on a watch list, so... Could <laughs> anyway.
2: be. Also, I love Shane uh, bragging about um, defeating Eula McGillicuddy, McGillicuddy, who is undefeated. Pretty <laughs> so, I mean, come on now. That That's was... Great. It was... Oh, perfect. All
3: right, big match here. Up next, Rob Van Dam taking on Taz... A really big grudge match. Great buzz for Taz and Fonzie and Team Taz. The vibe just always changes when he hits the ring. Fonzie rips RVD before we get going, and RVD just ignores him. They trade some punches, but Taz takes it down quickly and chokes. RVD battles back, but Taz traps him and smashes him with a rare Salto Tazplex to a pop. The crowd calls for Sabu, and Taz seems a little rattled. Taz kicks away, but RVD counters with a monkey flip and a top rope thrust kick to knock Taz to the floor. Van Damme fakes a dive and flies into him with a top rope somersault senton. Looked awesome. Back inside, Taz stomps away, but RVD gets a sunset flip for two before Taz mashes him with a clothesline. Taz slings him outside and follows out and shoots him into the steel we head back inside. Taz snaps RVD over the T-bone and a Northern Lights suplex for two. RVD comes back with a leg larry and a super kick and heads outside, grabs a chair and bashes Taz in the head. RVD then shoots Taz to the corner and just whizzes the chair at his face as he comes back out, which looked awesome. RVD drop kicks the chair into Taz's face, but Taz throws it back at him, takes him down, and starts flailing away. RVD grabs a chair and spikes it on Taz's face and drills him with a Van for two. Really good near-fallen spot. RVD kicks away, but Taz stops him with a sick-release German, grabs a Taz mission, and takes him down to the mat. RVD fights up to his feet, and hits a Russian leg sweep, but Taz won't let go of the hold. RVD again powers up and kicks off the corner to a roll-up for two, but Taz keeps holding the hold on, and then hooks the legs on the mat until RVD eventually passes out. Uh, Match will look clunky, and then they got it figured out, and it really started to hum. The suplexes all looked awesome. Uh, RVD had a ton of fun chair offense in there. We got a stiff throwdown toward the end, which felt super real. Uh, and RVD showed a lot of guts. He just couldn't close out. And Taz uh, just keeping that hold on through all the different uh, reversals. looked really cool. So I went three and a quarter on the match. Matt, I thought it was a pretty good main event. And continues to, to get Taz over heading into as Ward Sabu.
0: Yeah, uh, I really liked this a whole lot. I went three and a half on it. I I just thought I I thought they had great chemistry really from the out from the uh the get go. We saw it a little bit if you remember they had that fan cam footage probably from like a couple weeks mm-hmm. prior to this or so, yeah. where we we saw the chemistry a little bit. And I thought uh, a full match really showed just how good they are. I mean, it, there was just so so much great stuff. The suplexes Taz was throwing. I thought RVD, uh, you know, like you said, started off a little bit sloppy, but once he got locked in he really got locked in. And it was just they were off to the races at that point. Uh, A pretty quick match, too. It was like 10 minutes long, which was, I think, perfect for what they were doing here because they were really throwing bombs for the entire 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, uh, just a super fun sprint here. Three and a half for me, Jenny.
2: I did the three and a half as well, like super gutsy on RVD's part. I thought given that Taz is full of fucking rage (laughs) and you don't know. What he's going to do. But he stays like really focused in this match. He, Because sometimes he gets up his own ass with his own shit. You know what I mean? Um, especially if you give him the mic to talk before the match. But this, he just did what he wanted to uh, for the most part. While also taking some bumps for RVD, which looked really mm-hmm. good. And I thought the chemistry was really on point And... It is really just edging you out for that Sabu match, is it not?
3: Mm-hmm. We're going to be edging for a bit, as we know. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right, let's do our awards. Uh, best match, Taz RVD. Yep. Yep, easily. Which is one of those hard luck, bad horse matches yeah, in the mix right. tag, which is still pretty good. Yeah. Uh, best moment, I went with Beulah's Moonsaw. I thought that was really cool.
2: I had that for best as well.
0: Ooh. I'm debate uh, I'll go with uh, Dreamers Pile Driver on Francine.
3: I thought that oh, was sick. that's mm-hmm. good. Uh, most 90s I went with the mention of Todd Petgill in the Holiday Hell toy yeah, Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah,
2: let's go with that.
3: Okay. Stock rising, I just want the two couples, uh, Douglas and Francine and Dreamer and Beulah Mhm. Okay. Stock falling <laughs> with poor Todd Petgill getting oh. shit on the show for no reason. Uh, Lance Wright maybe. <laughs> Yeah, him too. <laughs> and uh, final grade. I thought this is slightly better than the last episode. We had a couple of good matches, but not much else really going on. So I went six and a half out of ten.
2: Six and a half. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Um. Hmm. I think I'm gonna do the six.
0: Yeah, I went six and a half on it too. On the strength of RVD Taz, I really yeah. like the match.
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean it's a it's an hour show with two, three plus star matches, so mm-hmm. pretty good. Okay, let's go forward a week. We are now Christmas Eve, December 24th, 1996. And we are opening with little Guido in the ring. And you know what that means? Mm -hmm. It is time for our Italian lesson of the week. excited yeah always all right well since we're on christmas eve Mm -hmm. i figured i'd pick one maybe kind of close to something to do with it santo cazzo mare di cristo good lord
0: (laughs) (laughs) i'm not hooked on italian phonics i can't say
3: that (laughs) santo cazzo mare di cristo holy fucking mother of christ (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
2: perfect I gotta learn that
3: though Yeah, mm-hmm. I know mm-hmm.
2: I gotta see it written out
3: though. It's yeah. the closest I'll, I'll put it in our little chat here It's the uh, closest to uh, Christmas I can find I mentioned a place there <laughs> Santo carro, caslo. Uh, Let me hear you, Jenny I put it in there Santo Cazzo Mare de Cristo
2: Santo Cazzo Madre de Cristo
3: <laughs> Yeah, but the Caso Is like Cazzo Cazzo Cazzo
2: Santo Cazzo Madre de
3: Cristo. Santo Cazzo
0: Madre de Cristo. There you go. That's good.
2: good. Marre.
0: Look at that. that. Can you roll roll the R? I cannot. (laughs) Santo Cazzo Madre de Cristo. I'll just have you
3: say that word every time I have to say it. Okay. You call me up. All right. (laughs) So Guido's in the ring. It's time for him to have the final say of the FBI and not JT Smith. In the ring, he says uh, he let Smith make the last call against Scorpio And he lost a lose lose town match. And if Smith ever has the guts to come back to wrestle, he'll kick his ass. And he's got another Paisan here tonight because the FBI will never die. And that man is David Morton Tyler Jericho, his Paisan. (laughs) And uh, he will be teaming with little Guido against the Dudley boys. The crowd is not happy with Guido here. He gives uh, uh, Bob Ortiz notes on how to introduce David Morton Tyler Jericho, whose new name is now Davey Paisano. We clip ahead to Bubba Ray, spiking Guido onto Davey, flinging Davey out of the ring into Guido with a violent throw. Bubba then grabs Spike and backflips him into both FBI outside. We clip to Spike and Davey going at it. Spike gets a flurry of near falls with various roll-ups. Spike then gets dumped outside and Guido batters him there. Davey pours it on in the ring. The crowd chants for JT as the FBI double up on Spike. Guido spits on Bubba to bait him in and then they double-team Spike. They keep using double-team offense and a chair to keep Spike grounded and in trouble. This goes on for a while as the crowd tries to rally Spike and then gets into a neck breaker and finally makes the tag. Bubba comes in and cleans house. He mashes Guido with the Bubba cutter and Davy makes a save. Bubba easily swats both guys around and hits the cutter on Paisano as well. And then Spike flies off the top of the splash onto both men to pick up the win, uh, which is a pretty good-looking finish. I thought this was solid. I thought Guido and Davey actually had some good little heel offense going. Uh, And Bubba looks like a top guy. Like, he looks really good anchoring this team. Spike's been a nice addition, too, flying around. Uh, The Dullies didn't really have an aerial guy out there. Like, they kind of just had a bunch of big brawlers. So I think that was a nice addition to the team. Uh, This is a fine opener. So I went uh, two and a quarter stars, Jenny. I did two and a quarter as well.
2: Can we just call him cash because i'm not calling him Pizano.
3: david Moore and I'm tyler jericho paisano doing it all of my <laughs> Too many names
2: because, yes um so it was clipped up which usually during a dudley's match i'm okay with but honestly i would kind of want to see more of this um i think that might be for cash reasons but also i thought the bubble cutter was really good like and spike was all right so I I don't know, a little bit of a surprising match for, for reasons being that I enjoyed it, Matt
0: uh yeah i went two and a half on it i i thought this was a super fun opener uh bubble looked great the the pop-up uh, bubba cutter was fantastic looking I, I thought spike looks looked great as he uh, usually does uh I, i'm glad that uh hopefully Davey paisano is the name that's here to stay because i don't want to write five things every time i'm mentioning one guy it's just it's too much it's too many names uh, one <laughs> name is more uh, t- uh, no more please uh, but, yeah, uh, fun match, uh, good win for the Dudleys, and uh, a fun opener to this uh, this episode. So two and a half for me.
3: All right. Let's roll along. We get our opening animation. Joey's in the ring in the Orange County Fairgrounds in Middletown, New York, and sets up the action ahead tonight, including a King of the Hill battle royal. Before he can say any more, Taz and Fonzie interrupt and stomp to the ring. Taz says if you won't be seated first in King of the Hill, you won't be involved. Gordon says they will be seated eighth. So Taz says I ain't taking bot." It's just about protecting Sabu, who ran from him in November to remember. Taz wants Sabu tonight. and The crowd chants for him. The lights zip down, and when they come back, Sabu's in the ring. What? Before... Huh? No, go ahead. Before they can connect, the Eliminators come out and hit total elimination twice on Sabu as Taz talks shit. Taz leaves, and the Battle Royal is starting. Did you have a comment, Jennifer, on this?
2: No, I was just surprised because mm. I was like, what are we doing? Hold up. Yeah,
3: it was a nice tease. I'm yeah. guessing they were doing this tease at like all the little house shows around. Yeah, that's my thought. It, <laughs> yeah. it
2: it's very effective.
3: Mm-hmm. All right, that does bring us to the King of the Hill Battle Royal. Taz leaves. The Eliminators are beating the shit out of Sabu until the gangsters enter next. They go right at their rivals. They're in street clothes for this one. It's a good vibe fitting for New York. Taz leaves with Fonzie. The Eliminators start to take over. They beat up both gangsters with total elimination. Suddenly, they're controlling the ring. They eliminate Mustafa and New Jack. Van Dam is in. He helps his partner stave off the Eliminators. RVD has on a singlet, but checkered dress pants on the bottom. (laughs) Very odd look.
2: thinking? It was giving me, like,
3: fits. (laughs) It was like he was, thought he was going clubbing after. I don't know what it is. It's, a, it's an I, odd decision. I got they battle for few until newcomer Balls Mahoney mm. uh, from Nutley, New Jersey, shows up and goes mm-hmm. after Saturn. We get a you fat fuck chat for poor Balls. I mean, just, <laughs> really, it just exists. Uh, who helps Sabu on Saturn? <laughs> Pretty basic stuff. Spike is in next. He goes at Saturn. RVD and Balls throw down in the corner. Joey takes another shit on the Dirty F Holiday All Tour. All six guys are trading blows with Saturn hitting a Tiger Bomb on Sabu. Little Guido's next, and Spike gets eliminated after a total elimination. Bubba's in right after his brother's eliminated. The ring is filling up. Bubba scoops Guido up and throws him to the floor at a pretty oh. ugly bump. Sabu's taking a real shit-kicking. His Balls eliminates him. Uh, but then Bubba shoves Balls out. Nobody is protected in this thing at all. Like, all the big stars gone out. The eliminators mm-hmm. are dominant. Candido's in next, he greets the Eliminators and they work together on Sabu, the crowd calls for Sonny, as Sabu starts to fire back up and almost throws Candido out Primetime Brian Lee is in next, he goes right at Bubba, the crowd chants rest at peace to Brian Lee, uh, as Joey says Lee Candido the Eliminators are all rumored to be part of Douglas' new triple threat Candido eliminates Cronus and Lee chokes Sam's Bubba through a table on the floor Douglas is in next and Joey says we'll finally get these answers about his new alliance Shane has the same pants out as RVD uh, so I don't know what's going on <laughs>
1: I thought maybe they
3: deal. I thought maybe they swapped them uh, <laughs> like backstage when RVD get eliminated. Like, is that <laughs> positive? <laughs> uh, <laughs> like you said, I need some uh, pants. I don't uh, have yeah.
0: any street clothes. Give me your pants. Uh, it was two, for one shit. Shit. two for one deal on ugly
3: ass shit. <laughs> It was really weird. <laughs> I love
2: that y'all noticed that. It just popped me, because I didn't know
3: if I would be the only one to notice that. It was odd. Shane helps Candido against Sabu, uh, then works with Lee. They beat up Saturn. Sabu is still hanging in the air, but he's really taking a beating. Tommy's in next. He has a chair. He goes right at Shane, who dives over the top rope and runs away. Tommy's battling everyone in there. Sabu hits air. Sabu on Lee. Tommy's a madman. Uh, The crowd's calling for Beulah. Devon's in next. He attacks Tommy. Sabu gets a hold of a chair and smashes Saturn with it as he gets pissed and comes firing back. Devon takes a nasty chair shot but hangs on. Sandman's out next. He goes to Saturn. All the stars are in this match. Lee dumps Saturn, ending a strong night for him. Spicoli enters next. and goes right at Candido and eliminates him right away. A really nice revenge spot there. Mm -hmm. Lee dumps Tommy and then Louis as well as we whittle back down. Lee's been dominant throughout the match. The BWO come in as a team through the crowd and Joey says they all share a brain and they with them and Lee, Raymond's nest is in good shape. Stevie eliminates Devon with a Stevie kick. The BWO takes over, but Lee steps up and takes out Media Nova at one swipe. Stevie, hits a Stevie kick on Sandman and wants to dap up Lee, but Lee kicks and chucks him out, leaving just three men in the ring. Sandman charges Lee, but he ducks and dumps him and then Sabu drills Lee with Air Sabu to win the King of the Hill going bell to bell. Uh, this was pretty fun. It was a unique setup that we don't really see a lot of in ECW. It was interesting how they didn't really protect anyone either. It's just like big stars are going to get tossed randomly. They didn't give a shit. Uh, Some good feud stuff played out as well. Nothing major angle-wise. Lee, Saturn, and Sabu looked the best, and everyone got a little bit of shine in this. So I went three stars, Maddie. That was a pretty good outing, pretty good match. Uh, We got the debut ball, some different stuff working on in here. And, uh, yeah, I enjoyed it.
0: Yeah, uh, I went two and three quarter on this. Uh, I I find battle royals kind of tough to rate because it, like it's such a different thing than, than what y- you're kind of used to seeing when rating a normal match. But I still think what they did here was perfectly fine. Um, it must have been like uh, 10 degrees at the Orange County Fairgrounds because everybody, I feel like, was wearing some sort of winter garb, whether mm-hmm. it was, you know, Taz dressed like a newsie or Tommy Dreamer coming in, <laughs> coming in with a leather jacket. I think Bubba Ray was wearing like a, a knit cap of some sort when he came to the ring. So uh, and it I looked like they were waiting outside. Like, I think that door that they were coming in through oh, was, yeah, could have was the door to the outside of the building. That's what it looked like to me. So uh, quite the the entrance uh, no locker rooms at the orange county fairgrounds uh uh balls mahoney uh, I, I was uh, very happy to see balls mahoney uh, I, I popped for balls is, is what i'm basically saying but uh I thought it was weird seeing him with a shaved head, because if you know uh, Balls Mahoney, you know he's usually a man who has uh, luscious locks. So uh, that was interesting. Kind of an a, a interesting way to debut him, too, in this random battle royal on a house show. But, I mean, I, I guess it's a holiday episode of ECW, and it is what it is. But, uh, yeah, it was a long match, too. It killed a lot of time on this hour. It had to be probably around 20 minutes or so, but... Yeah, I, I thought it was fine. I thought it was good that Sabu went bell to bell, went the distance. So, uh, yeah, uh, fairly standard stuff for me. So uh, two and three quarter, Jenny.
2: I think I'm going to be the high person on this one. Uh, well, I'm the high person usually <laughs> of the three of us, but um, I did three and one quarter stars <laughs> for reasons. Uh i i liked i liked the variety of eliminations that we did it was you know a little Guido getting tossed out literally on his ass to the mm-hmm. concrete was pretty good um and i really liked the weaving of all the storylines that we got you know not a lot of like bullshit but just continuations of what we know with dreamer and shane and um lee and dreamer and the lee was awesome in this like Wow, he is still just killing it um, mm-hmm. on a huge hot streak for me and. Um, I like that Sabu, um, went the entire distance, uh, sort of a big fuck you <laughs> to Taz in my opinion. Um, but I really, really like this and I, I tend to like battle Royals. Um, I think a little bit more anyway, so I'm sticking with my three and one quarter stars
3: it was fun i always find it interesting too when when ecw like ventures to these different areas like the how the crowds interact mm-hmm. um the types of chants it's stuff they break out it's like you know i think the ecw arena's kind of been there done that with a lot of the chants that so they stick to the basics but like these crowds get all friggin', you know insider smart mark with the sunny chants mm-hmm. like all this <laughs> sort of stuff like you could tell like they try to show off a bit <laughs> with this opportunity oh we got a recap. yeah for sure yeah, yeah. right We get a recap from House Party 1996. Gurner then does this thing in Hype Central. He calls Tommy the invader of McGillicuddy. Douglas and Francine come in and Shane thanks them for inviting them. Shane's proud to be here to use ECW's time to get his points across. Gertner puts Shane over as the king of ECW jungle that has to deal with a thorn and Tommy. Shane gives it to Tommy, so he talks about his plans for Dreamer, the facade he set up, and Shane will expose him as a franchise wannabe. Shane calls Beulah a penthouse pig and continues to brag mm-hmm. on himself and gives a final warning to Tommy. Matt, this is a pretty good promo from Shane, as usual yeah uh, as per usual uh shane
0: being a gigantic douchebag which he does uh, <laughs> quite well uh yeah him calling dreamer a franchise wannabe and uh yeah just just great stuff yes you know him saying that to get the girl and the gold he's gonna beat the man called franchise i thought mm-hmm. that was a great line so yeah i mean more great stuff from shane jenny
2: yeah he's not the only asshole in this uh promo Joel says a man with style rather than a man named Styles. <laughs> Come on now, <laughs> I, and you know anyway. Um, it's another good promo by Shane. He he's very eloquent, as we all know. And then Fran, I like how she just gets her one she gets her one word in at the end, like yeah. <laughs> so she uh, she's pulling off some head cheerleader shit.
3: <laughs> Is Bueller really a penthouse pig, Jenny?
2: Um, uh, I would say not.
3: Yeah, I'd agree with that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Joey walks us through the fallout from November to remember. He says, Brian Lee has challenged Terry Funk to a match on January 11th in the ECW arena. Funk is currently touring Ger- Germany, and we hope to hear from him next week, and he expects him to accept the challenge. We get video footage of the BWO walking through Times Square. Interacting with random people Causing a ruckus It's great stuff All the Christmas decor Is the backdrop To them acting like dipshits Stevie superkicks Santa Uh, Joey then then says We're supposed to end With the BWO But he has breaking news His wrestling history Has been made They were filming Extra matches For home video And the Eliminators Have defeated the gangsters To win back The ECW tag titles In Middletown And next week We will have footage All right, What did you guys think Of the, the BWO But also Jenny, what did you think of, like, for the second straight mm. out of, or second out of three? Like, we have this title change um, just kind of randomly thrown out here and, like, not built up, just like kind of randomly, you know, put out there.
2: It it's sort of screams, like, hurried booking, like, we don't know what to do or I don't know because it's not great. <laughs> I mean, uh, if they're going to give me a full match... In the next episode then okay But if they're gonna give me stills And some clips then fuck Mm. you Mm. That's how I feel about it But um the BWO And Rockefeller Center and Times Square Was amazing (laughs) Like amazing Uh The the (laughs) I was there, I was there, like, last year, or so, and I got to, like, hang out down there, so, I don't know, I just got a little wispy, um, watching them, because it all looks the exact same as it mm-hmm. did on this time, so, <laughs> um, that was so great, the super kick to Santa was, that was a little rough for Santa, um, but that, uh, I don't know how I felt about that, about that, um, title change map.
0: Yeah, uh, BWO in Times Square was fantastic. Uh, Santa eating a super kick from Stevie, and then Stevie clapping back with the line uh, saying, That's what Santa gets for not giving him the toy train when he was nine. <laughs> Just fucking fantastic. Uh, a- as for the title change, I mean,. I I kind of feel like it was time for the gangsters to lose, but it probably wasn't the right time to do it here. Like maybe you do it when you have like a full ECW arena show or, you know, a a full match you can air on TV. Like Jenny said, I don't know. Like it, it was definitely time. Like I think the gangsters as champions were kind of getting stale. Like they strike me as a team that's better like chasing the belts than having the belts. But uh, I don't know. I probably would have saved the match for the ECW arena than to just do it at a random house show in New York. So it, it was time for the gangsters to lose, mm-hmm. but not necessarily here. All
3: you can think about is they're trying to do the old, like, like these shows mean something, so you should go kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like, hey, just because it's Middletown, not the arena at a big show, like, shit can happen. Right. You should be here because look at this, you know. That's fair. Mm-hmm. And I think, too, like, there's some big stuff coming in 97 for them, not only just a pay-per-view, but, you know, some more exposure opportunities that I feel like they really see the Eliminators as being, like, the best team. Yeah. So I think they want to just get the belts back on them. Mm-hmm. Now, that doesn't mean they couldn't just do it on January 11th at the arena on the big show, like, fine. But I think they just have other plans and shit lined up. Right. Um, so they want to just get the belt on, like, the team they could showcase when it came time for it. All right, final awards. in nineteen ninety six uh, best match, King of the Hill. Yep. Hmm. Worst match, Dillies FBI. Yep. Yep. Best moment, uh, Sa- Sabu answering Taz's call. Like you didn't really like, mm. you know, like you said, didn't really expect that to happen there.
2: No, that was amazing.
3: Yeah, uh, I I will
0: give a shout out to uh, Stevie super kicking Santa.
2: Yeah. But
0: yeah, you should probably go with Taz and Sabu.
3: <laughs> Most nineties, I just want balls Mahoney. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he is very 90s. I like it. It's Balls Mahoney. Uh, <laughs> stock rising, Bubba Ray, Sabu, Saturn, Lee, and the BWO. I
2: like it.
3: Yep, that sounds good. Mm-hmm. And stock falling, I, went, I just want JT Smith, who feels like he's being marginalized yeah, by the
1: FBI.
3: Yeah. Maybe uh, time. FBI might be going out behind, beyond him. Uh, I would add Santa to that list. Santa? Yes, poor Santa. Yeah. Uh, by the way, coincidentally enough, it was Balls Mahoney who played Santa Claus just the year mm-hmm. before this. Oh, <laughs> during television, nice. So. There you go. Uh, Final grade. I have this as the worst so far of the three we've watched. This one really felt like it was kind of mail in a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. So I went five and a half out of ten. Just kind of a holiday special. You, you know, when they when ECW goes to the King of the Hill, you know that they're just trying to like fill out <laughs> time. Like it's like kind of whatever. Um, so, yeah.
2: I wish it was the king of the road match instead, but Mm. I I like this. All right. So I'm going to do the five out of 10.
0: Yeah, I I went five on it. Uh, The definition of a holiday episode of wrestling TV.
3: (laughs) So that's it. 1996 is in the books. We have one more episode we're going to cover tonight in a moment. But uh, Matt, like what are the three things that pop out at you? Of 1996 ECW? Like, what's what's been the three things? Oh, boy. Uh,
0: I, I would say the Raven-Sandman saga mm-hmm. is, is probably way up there. Probably number one for me, honestly. Just how personal shit gut with that feud and how back and forth it's been with, you know, lori being involved and Tyler being involved. I, I just think that storyline has been, you know, really it just stuff you really didn't see at the time. Uh, I just think it was so wild to be watching that when you look at what WCW and WWF were doing at the time. Uh then I would probably say, uh everything involving Shane Douglas, I mm-hmm. think Mm-hmm. has been incredible. I mean, I, you, you could make an argument that he's been number one. I, I wouldn't necessarily disagree there. But I, I just think, I mean, he's had two four and a half star matches for me, which, you know, when I joined this show, uh, I would not have expected that out mm-hmm. of Shane Douglas. So uh, it just his 96 has been incredible and all the sh- shit he's done. And just uh, this will be the third time I've, I've said it tonight. Just how much of an incredible douchebag he is. It's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And then three, uh, if it was, you know, maybe a few months ago, I would have said the Gangsters Eliminators mm. stuff. But That's really fizzled over the past couple of weeks. So I, I think I will go with the Taz Sabu saga as mm. even though they haven't had a match yet. I just think the way they just keep building and building and teasing and how they've been able to build this match up for, you know, going on you know, almost two years at this point, it's just, it's wild to see. And hopefully it it ends up, uh, you know, they end up nailing the finish of it. So yeah, I I think uh, that would be my top three for sure.
2: Well said, Patty. Yeah. I mean, honestly, that's the list. Like you honestly picked the exact order Mm -hmm. and everything. I mean, like, I mean, trying to think who else is even, I mean, the Eliminators I do love and my love of Perry Saturn um, has very much blossomed over the year. So I would add them in the mix. Maybe.
3: Yeah. I would say the evolution of Taz is like the biggest one for me um, becoming like this, you know, killer wrecking machine over the, over the year. Mm. Uh, <clears throat> I think, I think Shane Douglas coming back, wiping the stink off of Dean Douglas and becoming like just this amazing heel. I also think though it's a big story for me is the transition of the promotion. Mm. Like if you think back to early '96, and I, you came in at a good time, Matt. Because to me that's like almost a delineation point was that big ass Extreme Bash show. But like mm-hmm. you think back to that, and who was still around? It was like Cactus Jack, Rey Mysterio, Huvitu Guerrera, Sakosa. It's like all these people that were still here mm-hmm. in early. Public Enemy was here to start the year, you know. Like and then think of. How much, you know, turnovers there, there's been and like how the promotion hasn't missed a beat and how it's right. continued to hum along. Like, to me, mm. that's the story. It's like they shed all these incredible talents and still this, like, find new ways. And one other guy, you know, if I had a, a fourth, I guess, would be like if you looked at January 96 and where, like, Stevie Richards was. Mm as yeah. like like a real just goof lackey mm-hmm. now leading like this red hot stable out of nowhere so like his evolution has been pretty wild to see so um anyway if there's one thing that for 97 jenny you could you could will will into existence What what is it
2: i would will uh mikey whiprick some fantastic hmm. matches and mm. maybe let him talk You know, because
1: I haven't hired him
2: at all. Um, It's my greatest hope for the future at this point.
0: Yeah, that's, that's a good one. And honestly, Mikey has been p- pretty disappointing just because they're not using him. And, I mean, I, I, I don't remember him just kind of falling off the card this fast. Like I feel like he hasn't done shit in, like, months at this point. So I, I think that's a real good one. But another one, too, is, you know, I'm kind of curious to see where they go with this whole Terry Funk thing. Like, is, is he going to be you know, the Terry Funk of old, or are you going to start, you know, I mean, the guy's 54 or 53 or 54 mm-hmm. at this point. So like, are the wheels going to fall off or, or can he still hang with guys like Raven and Shane Douglas and Tommy dreamer and Sabu. So I, I think, I think that's going to be interesting to see over the next year for sure. And I, I hope he's good. Cause I love Terry Funk and I want to see him have good matches. So.
3: Yeah. For me, I would say like, I want it i want success for that pay-per-view right mm-hmm. right so they they can really get a foothold um and you know i know it's the risk of going from underground to maybe too polished and popular but they deserve it for the work they put in like that hitting is like a huge payoff and just think of the patience they've exhibited with taz and sabu <laughs> like saving it yeah, for that, sure. right right, right. All right, let's wrap up with our final episode, January 2nd, 1997. We open wow. with the closing of last week's show. They saw the Blue World Order invading New York City. We then get our opening animation, Joey's in the nest. He talks about the big tag team title change as the Eliminators have regained their titles from the Gangsters during the Holiday Hell Tour. The Gangsters had held the belt since August 3rd the first ever four-way dance. We get clips from there. We didn't see the final seconds of the Middletown match where the Eliminators won back their belts. Mustafa was reluctant to part with the title, but New Jack was able to get it to hand it over to the new champions. The Eliminators held up the gangster's hands, but walked away quickly, pissed off. Backstage, the Eliminators cut a pretty generic promo, clips of total elimination playing alongside them. They read off all the teams that they've taken out over the years. So, uh, Matt, any thoughts on this opening stretch here, uh, focusing on the Eliminators becoming tag team champions? Yeah, I I thought it was interesting they did the whole respect thing after how
0: these two Mm -hmm. guys have been beating the piss out of each other for three months. I I thought that was uh, that was an interesting way to uh, to go about it. I mean, uh, I'm guessing this is the end of the feud. Like, I don't It it just felt kind of weird that they would do this here and do it you know the the whole respect thing Uh, yeah do do you not remember the the blood the bloody beating you suffered in new york like did you forget when saturn and cronus had your blood on their hands like it's just it it was a weird thing Uh, i i i don't think the respect angle was necessary so uh, yeah this this kind of didn't work for me jenny
2: well, it was kind of half-hearted, um, so it wasn't like full-on. Like, yeah,
1: I
0: guess. I mean,
2: more. But... It looked more heartfelt from the Eliminator side than it did from the Gangster side. Mm-hmm. But you know, I, I didn't. Also, I'm just a sucker for it. Okay, so um, <laughs> I'm just gonna fall for it and like it every time. Um, just disappointed to not be able to see the entire match, um, but it looks like a good one, I guess. <laughs>
3: We got highlights from a couple of weeks ago where Candido, Lee, and Douglas came together to destroy Luis Spicoli and Pitbull 2. And Joey says, We may have seen the formation of the new triple threat with Douglas, Lee, and Candido, even though Lee still seems to be associated with Raven. We're not sure though, because Douglas is the master of deception, and maybe this is all the smoke. Spicoli wants revenge. We got fan cam footage from the Agricultural Center in Allentown, Pennsylvania, where Candido took on Rob Van Dam. And for what we get to see, it looks like a pretty good match. A lot of back and forth, the crowd was hot. RVD used to control with his aggressive strike attack, hit a nice dive to the floor. Later in the match, there's a flurry near falls. Both guys came off pretty even. A lot of measured strikes from Candido. Joey ran down uh, Candido's resume, uh, all his different career stops. We clip ahead to Candido putting RVD on the top, and RVD blocks a powerbomb, backdrops Candido down. It's a high cross body, but Candido rolled through for two. The crowd feels a little restless here as it felt like a slower-paced match than usual, maybe a little long. Uh, Shane Douglas showed up and wrapped the chain on Candido's fist for him. He slugs RVD with it, but Spicoli came out in a referee shirt and <laughs> pretends to be the ref that was knocked out. He then unloads on Candido and hits a Death Valley driver, and RVD covers for the win. Uh, I didn't really give this a grade. It was kind of grainy footage uh, and just clips, but it seemed fine overall. And nothing really, uh, you know, nothing high level, just a house show match. Uh, but it was rock solid and, and a pretty good finish to keep the multiple angles moving. So, and RVD stays hot, Jenny. So, and this is, you know, a fine segment, gives us a little glimpse. And you could tell we're in, like, a full-on uh, filler episode here right after New Year's, you know, the week before a big show at the arena. They're just trying to fill some time.
2: I mean, I, I ended up rating it because I kind of got into it. So, mm-hmm. it's pretty good filler for me. Um, I, I feel like there was enough of it there to... To kind of give it a rating. And I thought RVD was really feeling himself. Um, and Candido <laughs> was really going to his hair-based offense, meaning just pulling on RVD's <laughs> hair a lot, um, which the ref did not like that. Um, I don't know. I sort of really liked it as a match <laughs> from what I saw. And I really liked um, Spicoli running in um, in his ref shirt at the end to kind of get a little, a little payback. Um, so I like that a lot. And, um, I like RVD at, and this thing that he's doing right here, like, because when he was first here, we didn't really know what he was about and he wanted to be an asshole to Sabu, but now he's teaming with Sabu. So he's more baby face <laughs> definitely against, uh, Candido if we have that ever in the ECW anyway, but I like him and what he's doing in ECW right now. So I don't know. what do you think, Matt?
0: Yeah, uh, I thought what we saw here was really good. I didn't uh, rate it either. But, you know, I, I think it, a full match with them could be uh, really fun stuff. But yeah, uh, what we like you said, it was it was definitely a house show. And uh, we are <laughs> certainly in the midst of a, a filler episode here on the day after New Year's Day. But and and I liked the finish, too you know uh, with the uh, the ref sh- spicoli coming in with the ref shirt pulls the same thing that candido and crew pulled at the ecw arena i thought that was a nice uh, a nice touch for a house show so uh, yeah uh, uh, i would like to see a full match I-, I say this every time we see fan cam footage i'd like to see the full match if the full match is out there i'd like to see it so but yeah uh,
3: f- fun stuff joey's in the nest talks about rvd's great 1996 but he lacked one thing a win over taz he recaps the recent history between the two as well as Taz's interactions with Sabu. Joey notes that recently Taz has been seemingly favoring his left shoulder. Fonzie and Taz may be worried that it is known now he has a weakness. Pretty good stuff here. We get some clips of, you know, showing potentially where Taz could be favoring the shoulder. Joey's playing detective, kind of digging into things. Uh, we see Taz loading his gear in his car. He talks about a showdown on RVD. He says RVD is the one that got weapons involved and his only weapons are his hands. Taz will show him disrespect next time they battle because of it. Uh, Matt, what'd you think of this little Joey playing detective? I that's pretty good. Yeah, uh, I liked it a lot. It just shows you like all the little touches they do
0: with everything, like that little thing with Fonzie, you know, tapping his shoulder, saying basically, "Don't touch Taz" because his shoulder's hurting. I thought that was such a great touch, and uh, I I just think Taz is so great. He he plays a pissed off man very well, doesn't he? Uh, Good lord, Uh, that black eye was also something Taz had. But uh, uh, yeah, uh, just uh, (laughs) great, great stuff from Taz, and I like that his hands are his weapons. think that that's also a great touch he doesn't need the chairs and bullshit that rvd uses he's going to use his mm-hmm. fists to kick your ass i thought that was great jenny
2: he's a walking weapon he says I, mm-hmm. it's pretty good i like that line i like his intensity in this um um the detective joey stuff makes me pause a little bit and it's because i keep because a lot of joey in the beginning was he was very insider he was like we we ecw right. and that's he does we we and it mm-hmm. seems like he's shifting it more to like an outsider looking in and i don't know if i'm just kind of reading into stuff but um he acts like he doesn't know you know what i'm saying i don't know
3: well i don't think anyone knows this one you know what i mean this is like yeah. taz is hiding it and he's trying to piece it together and realize if he really is hurt or not
2: yeah i don't know it feels like distraction
3: okay well we'll see where it goes joel Gerner's in hype central kind of the usual stuff there any notes jenny from that uh no okay joey's in the nasty informs us that 20 years after losing the NWO world title to harley race in ontario one of the forefathers of this style of wrestling makes another go at it on january 7th At the ECW arena, Terry Funk returns to take on primetime Brian Lee. Douglas and Francina backstage to talk about their huge 1996 and everyone they took out on their way. In 1997, they'll start with Tommy Dreamer as public enemy number one. Dreamer wants the gold, but he can't have it because it belongs to the franchise. Joey then talks about Shane's big 1996 as he didn't duck any challengers. Ended up leading to his issues with the Pitbulls that would occupy much of the back end of the year. Includes Francine's Double Cross, the TV title getting traded, and Pitbull 1's Broken Neck and Attack by Douglas. And we get a lot of clips here to fill out things. Um, Any thoughts on that before we get to our last match?
2: Um no it's just we're getting real like recappy we're getting yeah, like right. y'all said feeling yeah yeah for they're sure. feeling, they're feeling
0: yep, they are killing time
2: <laughs> i mean the things that they're recapping is good like
1: mm-hmm.
0: right. i'm
2: interested in it but it's like all right like i know <laughs> like i already heard this i already know what's up so move along
3: all right let's get to our main event and that is Mikey Whipwreck taking on Raven. So, pretty big oh, match something.
0: Okay.
3: Golden opportunity on tap. Lori Fullington is with Raven. The gold background is waste. Joey pops in from the nest and says this match is from Middletown and has had interesting results. We get a lock-up to start as Joey says this is Mikey's first match back since the Eliminators hurt her shoulder. The BWO show up in the crowd. The fans get fired up. Lori looks on angrily as Raven cranks the side headlock. Joey says Raven is distracted by the BWO and the crowd. And he does seem thrown off by how over they are. We clip ahead to Mikey stomping away, but Raven DDTs him for the win. Just nothing. Just clips. Uh, Joey says Mikey was pushing it to be in the ring so soon with a bad knee. I don't know. If it, I thought his shoulder now he's heard, has a hurt knee as well. Uh, needed a medical waiver just to wrestle tonight. Lori attacks Mikey A Sandman comes in, but Raven's all over him. He drops him with a DDT, and then Lori canes her ex. Mikey tries to save, but Raven takes him out. Raven then DDT Sandman again and breaks the cane, but Sandman recovers, and DDT's Raven and leaves with his title. There's all story stuff. Raven and Sandman continue to be in this war. Uh, Mikey was just a side piece to this, and just, uh, just an angle more than a match, Matt.
0: Yeah, not much here. It was all angle. Uh, I thought Raven looked in great shape here. I thought he looked really good. Uh, I- I'm glad Lori, uh practiced uh, caning people. She did a better job of hitting <laughs> yes. CFN than she did in November. To remember, she didn't whiff 17 times like she did there. Good Lord. Uh, the other thing, too, is... Uh, I'm kind of surprised they're still doing the Raven Sandman thing because it kind of felt it kind of felt to me like the barbed wire match uh, was the blow off. So I'm I'm kind of surprised that they're still going on. Like I, I, I half wonder if they're doing it to kill time <laughs> because, it, you know, uh, before the pay-per-view, cause it kind of feels like there's not a lot of people in mm-hmm. in the main event scene right now. So, you know, maybe Raven Sandman is kind of all they have. And I mean, I, I get that it's a big feud, but it, it, it does kind of feel like, uh, all right, we're kind of dragging things out a little bit at this point. Like, I don't know, like a barbed wire match to me should be like a blow off, like the be all end all. We're not going to touch each other again for like six months, you know, and and maybe that's just me. But uh, we'll see where it goes. I thought that was interesting. But yeah, uh, I mean, we saw like maybe 45 seconds of a match here, so I didn't rate it at all. Jenny.
2: Yeah, I am with you on that. Uh, Just dragging out poor Mikey here who probably jumps at the chance to have a, a match with Raven but also gets his ass beat like unnecessarily because like y'all said this should be kind of done for a little bit I don't know um I don't know I just had I had weird vibes on this I don't, I don't know maybe I maybe I'm feeling what Raven's feeling you know like the BWO is getting a little too big for their bridges so mm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh so he takes his frustration out on Sandman. But I like the caning, so I'm there for that, but I didn't rate it either.
3: All right. And that brings it into our episode here tonight to do our final awards. Uh, really no matches for best or worst. Mm-hmm. Um I know you graded the R V D match, Jenny. So yeah, this, yeah, it's it's this best, but, yeah. uh best moment, As my Lori Caning Sandman.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll do that.
3: Yeah, that that seems right. <laughs> Most '90s, and with the fan cam,
2: <laughs> let's do that too.
0: Uh, Gertner said he was handpicked to host the Today
3: Show, so I feel like the Today <laughs> Show is very '90s. <laughs> so I'll go with that. Stock rising: Eliminators, Douglas, and Candido, and the VWO.
2: And peaches.
3: And peaches. <laughs> right. I didn't really have any stock falling. I didn't. I didn't think anyone really stood out tonight as down. No. No, not really. All right. Uh, this sounds crazy, but this might be my lowest rated I think, <laughs> yeah. ECW episode. I mean, maybe there's one or two out there lower, but I went three and a half. Um, mm. There's really nothing happening here. It was all clips. It was the epitome of a filler show, getting them through the holiday, getting them up to the doorstep of their next arena show. Um, this really felt like, yeah, just not a ton going on.
2: Completely agree. I did four out of ten.
0: Yeah, I, uh, I I went three on it. <laughs> Easily the worst
3: episode I've watched. And I think this one even aired like a little off date because we we had December 24th. Mm-hmm. And then we'll start our next episode with January 7th. Right. Um, so this felt like maybe it really was just like a filler to throw out there mm-hmm. airing after the holiday, not airing on New Year's Eve kind of thing. So I think they just probably dumped it off. Um. So that's it. 986 is in the books. We've opened 1997. We'll be back in two weeks' time with the next four weeks of television in 1997, and that'll bridge us uh, through to crossing the line again. Our next big show that we'll be covering. So, it'll be a lot of fun there. Uh, Matt, anything going on you want to talk about? Yeah, what do we
0: got? We got uh, piece of the action. Uh, last episode of that had the gang from PTV NXT on, including one Jennifer Smith, where we watched cliffhanger. So uh, give that a listen if you have not yet. Uh, you can find me on every other episode of Highway to the Impact Zone. i I'm usually on every episode of YouTube Roulette. And uh, I think that is it for right now. You can find me on the Twitter machine at mSusa1991
2: hey you know what um wednesdays on the north south connection is where i live i live there I it's called mm. the Jenny position all my shows are there um a new talk and pop with one matt souza mm. should,
1: mm. should,
2: should be available very soon and um of course episodes if you heard about pluto and Freak Out drive-in and the journey through infinity are all new right now so i kind of been doing a lot of shit um i'm on twitter at jenny position you can follow me there and i'll link all my stuff there
3: check out everything north south connection has to offer we have a podcast dropping every day uh whether it's current wrestling past wrestling we get some new stuff cooking as well and just it's a lot of fun delivering all this content we appreciate all of the uh sharing all of the comments all the feedback the ratings reviews everything you guys do for us we appreciate greatly if you could take a minute to share with a friend when you have a second tell them about the great content you enjoy here on the North South connection we would appreciate that you can follow us on twitter at no pod network or on facebook NorthSouthConnectionPodbean.com. stay extreme we'll talk to you in two weeks
1: come around safeguard your things you better safeguard your money safeguard your blings you gotta safeguard your crib safeguard your jeans gotta safeguard the stash and the car keys you gotta listen up to what we talking about here it was better when the grinch was never coming around here time after time again never mind he already took the liquor out your honey again he already quick to try again This still a gift's another way and give you all a different style again while you stacking and you trying to swell you best believe mr grinch scheming dude stay conniving hey, yeah, yeah. he stay scheming when you thinking he not looking no with your shoulder, weeping everything that you got. <laughs> when your bust arrives, I will get you food. Relax, Duke, you need to chill. Something wrong with you. About one of the biggest cats it's I think that Is, y'all.
0: I want to give a shout out to the west side of Whoville. <laughs> <laughs>